Hello, dear listeners. Uh, just before we get started today, listen, if you're listening to this, you probably already know what you're getting into. But if you don't know who the guy is that's in the title of this episode, Ted Bundy, well, guess what? Uh, we're going to throw a quick little content warning on this before we get started, uh, we, which is, again, not trying to be all whatever, whatever, but we don't even really... We don't even really like content warnings, but listen, this guy was a bad dude. He did a lot of really, really gruesome graphic things to a whole lot of innocent, pretty young ladies. So if anything about, uh, let's say, murder or, you know, getting sexually assaulted or even getting both murdered and sexually assaulted, not necessarily in the order that you think, is upsetting to you, then go ahead and skip this one. It's all good. We'll see you in the mini-sode on Friday, okay? But if you do like those things, then stay tuned. and welcome to the Florida Woman Podcast. Hi again. That's Nathan Simpson. And that's Kelsey Ann Wacker. This is a thing we just stole from another podcast, isn't it? Isn't yes. that one of those podcasts you listen to? They inter- introduce each other? Yes. Kelsey My Ann, we can't just murder. steal. We can't just steal shit from podcasts. I read a book once called mm-hmm. Steal Like an Artist. Steal Like an Artist? By Austin Kleon. Yeah. Ever heard of him? No. Best-selling author. Best-selling... So, who cares? Artist. Fuck this guy. No, he's just like, everything is the same. Everything under the sun. He's not like literally like steal someone's artwork and put it on your website and be like, I, I am. Did That's this. my platform now. That's what we should he's do. He's just saying people borrow, okay? There mm-hmm. are trends. There are ideas that kind of circulate at the same time. Like, yeah. don't don't be a little don't be a little pussy about it. Just fucking... Good point. Borrow from each other, you know? We should start singing songs like... That everyone knows and replacing the lyrics with like vulgarity about uh, being gay, like in like on Comtown. That would be legal because that would be legal under parody law. We should do that. Maybe we'll blow up. Now that reminded me of the conversation we had last night when I showed you the NBC TV show A Thing About Pam. The Thing About Pam. The Thing About That's Pam. That's right. Yeah. You were like, wait, 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 I'm sorry. This is a real case that really happened. Then NBC made a podcast about it. Yes. Then NBC made a TV show based on the podcast. They took the narrator from the podcast to narrate the TV show, but then Which they is, hired actors. It's scripted. It's a scripted, it's scripted. TV show yes. about a real thing, but it's made like it's made like a one of those documentary things where like a true crime documentary like you see on the ID network where they cut to talking heads but even the talking heads are actors so like it's set up like a true crime documentary but everyone and it's about a real thing that actually happened but everyone in the documentary is also fake they're actors it's crazy it's a lot of level levels 
It's a lot of levers. And they sort of comment on the genre while they're at it. Like, yeah. they do these little interludes where it's not just a talking head segment. Yeah. It's the actor sort of breaking from the world in order to do like a little, almost, not like a song and dance, but like a little rhyming interlude yeah. about yeah. their situation and who they are. It's, almost, it's like Shakespeare. It's like, a, like an aside... It's I I like it. I like it. it. Yeah, I li- I'm Normally, liking the show. I'm not into shows that are too into their like unknowing that they're a thing. You know what I mean? Like being too self-aware and too meta can turn me off sometimes, but I like the way they're doing it cuz it's all just tongue in cheek. It's all like funny. Yeah. The thing about Pam, it's a good show. It's great. It's about the murder of Betsy somebody somebody and <laughs> The <laughs> rest in peace and the case of Waited her mysterious totally... friend Pam Hupp. Now this is classic, right? Uh-huh. I don't know the victim's last name. Yeah, I know the killer's last name. Yeah, exactly, Pam Hupp. exactly. I don't know any of Ted Bundy's victims' names. Well, I'm about to tell you. I know. I can't wait. I have a lot of little murdered girls to tell you about. Oh, today. this guy was such a freak. Such yeah. a freak. So today I'm going to tell you all about the Chi Omega murders. Right. And that's a bunch of Florida women, this being the Florida Woman podcast, getting chopped up to little bitty pieces. Um, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Basically, <laughs> okay. you could say. Oh, um, Jesus. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the Chi Omega murders, it's going to be henceforth shorthand for the murders of two young women and the attempted murders of three more at the ah. Chi Omega Sorority House at the Florida State University in Tallahassee, Florida. Go Knowles. Committed by the infamous serial killer, Theodore Ted Bundy. Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ted Bundy, of course, is known for a lot of things. Uh, stalking, killing, raping many women. Um, Ted confessed to 30 on death row, but experts believe the 30. number... 30? Yeah. But experts believe the actual number could reach into the hundreds. Holy shit, dude. The hundreds? Yeah. Wow. A lot um, of hookers then, probably people off the grid, like people. Actually, no, but we're gonna talk about that trend in killing Damn. as it relates to Ted and his in profile his as a killer. Yeah, his wow. profile as a killer. Exactly. Now, before we get started, would you classify? <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping that in. Classify. Would you classify Ted Bundy as a Florida man? No. Why not? Where's he from? Uh, he's from Vermont he's and from Vermont. Upper Washington State. I'd say he's a Washington State man. He's a Washington. He's a Washingtonian. He's a Washingtonian. Okay. In my in my opinion. And he did most of his killing up there, up north. Most of it, yeah. But these these cases right here, mm-hmm. perhaps the famous, most famous ones. Perhaps. Yeah, took place in good old sunny. Beautiful. Tallahassee, Florida. Tallahassee, Florida. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Okay. Okay. So like you said, he did most of his killings up there, up Mm -hmm. yonder. Okay. Primarily Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Utah, and Colorado. Damn. But the murders in Florida, Mm -hmm. his last murders, were really quite different. And they stand out in a lot of ways. Uh, They stand out from his body of work as a serial killer. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Uh, they seem to break from his traditional MO, which, I mean, I wouldn't expect anything less from the state of Florida and its effect on people. He was trying a new genre. He was like, they, he was doing his solo project. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, it's like, sure, he may be a serial killer in Washington State, but it takes sort of the power and pull of Florida to, to send really this pump him up. once like methodical killer into a tailspin of chaos. Yeah, absolutely. That's Florida. That's the chaos agent. I know. And this is how he got caught? Yes. The Chi Omega murders. Yes. Oh, let's get into it. So this is after all the Florida women podcast. Mm -hmm. So in this episode, we will be putting the Florida women first and Bundy will be sort of our afterthought um, because it will be discussed through the lens first and foremost of the Chi Omega murders. Which is only right. Yes. I'm going to give you a little bit of background on Ted Bundy though. I'm going to also explore pop culture's fascination with him. Um, this sort of like Bundy obsession, Bundy lore. You could call this a Bundy-sode. Bundonian. Um, that persists to this day. And to do that, I'm going to need to put Bundy and his crimes in the context of the 1970s and also sort of debunk this idea that Ted Bundy was special. Nice. I personally am not a Bundy-file. You're not? You're not a Bundy-head? I'm not a Bundy-head. I have, in fact, never studied Ted Bundy prior to researching this episode. You didn't know anything about him? Yeah, never seen any documentaries, never watched a YouTube video, which is very unusual. That's rare for you. You're into yes. this type of shit. Yes, I style myself as a true crime wine mom. Do you know? I should know everything about Bundy. Do you know how many times, like in college, before I met you, like how many times I would like hook up with a girl or like, you know, have a one night stand and um, she would confess to me that she like loves serial killers and like loves murder and violence. And at that point, I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> so I would be like, oh, man. Oh, shit. And that would be like kind of my George Costanza-esque <laughs> reason to not see them again. I'd be like, she's into creepy shit. Oh she's a God. fucking freak. <laughs> but then, <laughs> then I met you and you confessed the same thing, but it wasn't enough to... Bug me. I didn't freak me out at all. I was just like, okay, I only had eyes for you, babe. But it <laughs> well, was it was yeah, then it, that I realized that every girl is into this stuff. Yeah. It's all of you guys. It's all of us. Why? You know, um, I think you can frame this in a sort of dual way. Uh -huh. On one end of it, it's like sort of a preparation. preparation. So the fascination and the study, it's... You're studying things that could happen to you because right. most of the victims mm -hmm. of the famous perpetrators are young women. Totally. So you're a young woman and you are hooked into it by this feeling that if you only could figure out why it happened to mm -hmm. these other girls, you mm -hmm. can stop it from happening to you. Yeah. You can read everything about it and then you can use that knowledge to keep yourself safe. Yeah. Whether it's it. how to spot a psychopath or, you know, oh, this girl walked alone at night. I won't do that. This girl, right. like, you know, didn't bring her own drink or whatever. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like, and so you kind of stock up this vault of knowledge. Totally. So that you can, you. this is like me when I was a little kid with the worst case scenario survival guide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That it was calming to you actually. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. at least you had it down on paper uh -huh. and you could, you knew what the worst case scenario was. And so you could sort of accept it and, and plan for it. Do you think that you can spot a psychopath? I just, I'm not that arrogant. I don't, I don't think. I don't, think I don't so? go around being like, I can spot, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of people do that. They're like, I'm a good judge of character. I'm like, are you though? No, they're, ne if they you, say that, yeah. they never are. 
but like you can you can kind of you read people well i do think that you 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 can smell offness in people i can I, i do feel like i can yeah um but i don't like I wouldn't be so arrogant as to say that I could spot a psychopath. Right. Because that's their whole thing is they go unnoticed because they're charming and they're like, they're, they make you feel wanted and like, yeah. So like you'd like being around them. And that's sort of the thing, isn't it? Like you probably, we probably know a psychopath who we just think is a cool guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we probably do. Yeah. Um, And I just go back to the question of women in true crime. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, there's a, separate answer which i mean the two can meld together and in my case i think they do but i think the second part of it is this attraction to danger yeah totally like a young woman is and a woman just in general Mm -hmm. but i think it starts when you're a young woman you find this you fall into this rabbit hole yeah of like serial killers and stuff (laughs) because you are one of the most vulnerable people in the population right you're kind of physically the smallest Mm -hmm. and there's just some other things that, you know, we don't commit as many crimes. Like we have, we're more often the profile of the victim. So there's this fascination with danger, right? It's the preparation, but it's also the, the exhilaration of being close to danger honestly totally yeah this is the like bad boy phenomenon right this Absolutely. is why every teenage girl like dates a fucking shithead idiot at one point or you another you have to in you order to, to earn your card as a woman you have to <laughs> you have to get fucked over by some moron who's like a who like doesn't follow the rules but like comes across as a bad boy yeah it's like there's like an emotional element of danger women's like sexual psyche is a little is a lot more emotional mhm than rather men, than think, like rather you know, than object visual. focused or yeah. like yeah sensation focused like men it's like mm-hmm. more ideas and like concepts and mm-hmm. stuff story yeah right story exactly so the story of being in danger is like exhilarating like thrilling a little yeah, bit tingly it makes you feel like alive the idea not the reality because the reality is like oh god yeah but the idea of it is a moving concept for a lot of a lot of girls. Yeah, I think the bad boy phenomenon is a good like it's a good example of this idea. And also, I think scary movies have this same uh, effect. Exactly, they are a representation of the things that you're already afraid of. Right, but they're being made real. You're watching right. them. They're now outside of your internal world, and yeah. they're outside of you. So you know watching a scary movie or Mm -hmm. reading a scary book about ted bundy right it allows the fear it the fear has a focus there's a vessel for it yeah yeah totally totally yeah that's fascinating that also explains i don't i have never really enjoyed watching horror movies like i don't like that like which goes back to if we're talking about the you know to generalize the psyche of man versus woman like Woman's got a lot more like concepts and ideas and stories running around in their head. Man is more focused on like, you know, stuff, sensation, action, like that kind of thing to generalize. But like, so if you sit me down in front of a scary movie, I'm like, this sensation is terrible. I hate looking at this. I'm scared. I don't like this. As opposed to what's going on with girls. And it just explains a lot for me. I've never liked scary movies. They fucking frighten me. I don't like that. I'd rather watch something that is fun or like moving or, you know, interesting in a different way. I also wonder if women 
again, to generalize, Mm -hmm. biologically are just hardwired for a little bit more uh, seeking of safety. Like safety is more of a priority. Definitely. Um, Comfort like goes with sort of nesting and that like whole thing. And so what's the exact opposite of the thing that we're geared towards naturally? Danger. Danger, yeah. So whereas men aren't that concerned with safety for themselves, really, or for others. We can walk around the world a little more confidently. So it's not so much of an obsession then to seek out the flip side, to seek out the shadow side, to seek out danger. This reminds me of like a Louis C.K. bit in one of his old specials. He's like, it's insane that women ever go on a date with a man because... The number one threat, existential threat to a woman in the world is just a guy, any guy. Yeah. They're out there trying to kill you guys and hurt you. It's horrible. Men, he said, I think the joke goes like, men, the the thing that kills us the most is car accidents or heart disease. The thing that kills women the most often is us. So the idea that somebody would ever, some nice lady would ever like put on makeup and, you know, do her hair nice and like go to an agreed upon location with some <laughs> guy. It's crazy. Yeah, it yeah. is crazy. That's fascinating. So the Chi Omega murders. Yes. Ted Bundy poached many of his victims from college campuses. So it wasn't all that unusual. In fact, it was fitting that after escaping from jail, making a jailbreak in Glenwood Springs, Colorado, which oh, I'll whoa, detail yeah. later. Uh-huh. He found himself on the FSU campus in Tallahassee. He heard that the girls down there were hot. That must be it. That's got to be it. He heard that the girls at FSU are hotter than the girls at UF. That's why he wound up there. Wow. Nice. But these murders possessed a lot of other unusual features that were a departure for Ted. He wasn't in jail for having bad taste. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Okay, so just factually, and I'm kind of going backwards here, I'm mm. going to walk you through the timeline of the Chi Omega murders. Cool. So unlike a lot of other Chi Omega content, uh-huh. I'm going to start with the murders. Cool. And then we're going to backpedal from there. Gotcha. One week after his arrival in Tallahassee mm-hmm. on January 15th, 1978 at 2.45 a.m., Bundy makes his way toward the sorority where he finds two things of note a pile of firewood outside the back door, and a broken combination lock. He picks up the log and carries it with him as he creeps inside the house. Oh my god, that's his weapon? He slinks into the first room where Margaret Bowman, 21, is asleep, alone. He lands a crushing blow to her forehead. Oh my god. Then strangles her with a pair of nylon stockings. Bundy then crosses the hallway to 20-year-old Lisa Levy's room, where he beats her unconscious, strangles her, rapes her, tears off one of her nipples, sexually assaults her with a hairspray bottle, and bites deeply into her left buttock. Oh my god. These bite marks would be eventually the first piece of physical evidence that would link Bundy to his crimes. Holy shit. What was he doing with the nipple? He just slid it into his pocket, a little snack, a little pepperoni for later. I don't know, Nathan. Oh my God, dude. So he then crosses the hall. Imagine the hand strength to rip someone's nipple off. 
And then do you think he did it with his fingernails, like with his hands? I don't know. Or with like an object? This is what's so crazy. He's obviously killed so many people that he just knew that he could just walk into this house and just start killing people. Like he didn't even plan. He didn't have a weapon with him. He just picked up a log. He used some stockings. He fucking got got hungry in the middle, tried to take a bite (laughs) out of that butt cheek, little rump roast. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, and he was obviously supremely confident in his ability to just find a way to murder people. This is why he got caught. He got cocky. So then he crosses the hall again Mm -hmm. and pushes open the door to Karen Chandler and Kathy Kleiner's room, Mm -hmm. where he trips over the trunk that ran in between their beds. Oh, fucking idiot. Quote, I remember the noise of the trip and something falling off the trunk, and that woke me up, says Kleiner. It's amazing that they didn't wake up between like all the other like beatings and smashings and bitings and nipple tearings and the room was dark and I didn't have my glasses on but I remember seeing a black mass I couldn't even see that it was a person Whoa. I saw the club saw him lift it over my head and slam it on me fuck the first time it didn't hurt it was pressure like someone pressing on your arm and then he hit me again and I think that's where he hit me in the face and broke my jaw in three places oh and I my passed God. out but that's what I remember the most, Jesus. him lifting the club and bringing it down on me. The room was small, mm-hmm. so Bundy was able to bludgeon Kleiner with one side of the club, spin around, and hit Chandler with the other side. Jesus. But before he could bring down a fatal blow on either girl, the bedroom was flooded with light. Headlights. Headlights. Outside, a sorority sister named Nita Neary Uh was getting out of her boyfriend's car who had pulled up in front of Karen and Kathy's room. Oh, whoa. So, like, I'm imagining you could look in the window and see a silhouette of, like, a man holding a baseball bat over his head. Holy shit. Amazingly, Kleiner and Chandler never closed their curtains. It was, like, a thing with them. They, they, like, obviously had them open during the day, but they never even closed them at night because they liked, like, the moonlight and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Exhibitionists. So, yeah, they both like to sleep with some, some light streaming in. Mm-hmm. So the car's headlights shone straight into their room and straight onto Ted Bundy. And he was like, ooh. Yeah, quote, I was- saw the light and it was God's light, said Kleiner. I remember thinking, oh my God, something cleared the room. So Bundy stopped. Holy shit. So this is like that moment in movies where it's like record scratch. And then that song by The Who is playing and it goes like, yeah, that's me. Yep, that's me. You're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation. For the girl, it was like that climactic scene in a movie, and then it's like that. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like yeah, light fills the room. The end of the Her Lord of the pulse Rings. Is slowing down. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's uh-huh. like entering this dream state. Whoa. Being lifted, her body's levitating. The two wildly different movies that these people are in right now. I feel like that happened a lot in Harry Potter. Like a light would just come. He was like about to die, and then he like light would happen, and then he'd like just be talking to Dumbledore. That happens in a lot of that happens in a lot of movies. Anyway, so Bundy stopped and sprinted down the stairs. Yeah, he escaped, but not before being seen by Nita Neary, who was entering the house through the back door and saw Bundy as he raced from Chi Omega. Yeah. Karen Chandler and Kathy Kleiner survived their encounter with Bundy, but they suffered like a yeah, lot of injuries. Yeah, she got her fucking face bashed. Yeah. Three so, plate, your jaw broken. Mm-hmm. Come on. Concussions, broken jaws, yeah. loss of teeth. Oh, that's Crushed horrible. fingers, um, torn cheeks, blurry oh. vision, hearing loss, 
and uh, Kleiner bit off half of her tongue as well. Oh, during the attack. this is horrible. I mean, this is, it's so illustrative. Like, not to demean you guys, but just a random guy. He wasn't like an athlete. He wasn't like a strong man. Just any dude could do such crazy physical damage yeah. if they wanted to. I think that explains our fashion fascination with true crime, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I don't so, know why you guys like us at all. <laughs> it's crazy. Because we can't help it. Those of us who do like men, we just can't help it. Good point. I think we would rather not. Yeah? Yeah. We'd rather have a nice house with another lady in it. Yeah, I think most of us would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like when we're straight, then... We just like you guys, and we're like, oh, fuck, we like men. Fuck, I fucking I go, hate this. Fuck, fuck this. I'm going to marry okay. this guy? Yeah. So the attacks <laughs> at the Chi Omega sorority house took no longer than 15 minutes, and were within earshot of 30 separate people. Wow. And no one heard a thing. That is insane. There were no. other girls sleeping in the house. I know. In rooms that he didn't go in. Exactly. And they didn't hear anything. That's what I was going to say. A sorority is just like a farm with ladies in it, basically. it's like Yeah, a, it's probably why it's like his go-to. Yeah, it's like a barn. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. So I was like, what's going on with all the other girls? They just didn't hear him. Mm-mm. This is crazy. No wonder he got cocky. This guy literally, I mean, if that if the headlight thing hadn't happened... And he hadn't had that record scratch moment, then like he would have killed four girls in fifteen minutes. Yeah, that's bananas. So Bundy's reign of terror was not over for that night. Yeah. Oh, Eight, he wasn't done killing yet. Nope. Whoa. All Eight right. blocks away from the sorority house, he broke into the basement apartment of another FSU, a dance student, Bro, Cheryl Thomas, and attacked he had, her. He had. Uh, murder blue balls. Yeah, I yeah. guess. He was like, fuck. Fuck, gonna, I was just about to uh, come down on that. Fuck. Um, so, and he sexually assaulted her as well. Um, he dislocated Stop her it. shoulder. He fractured her jaw and crushed her skull in five places. Dude, fuck you, first of all. Keep your hands off. Keep your hands off of people. Don't sexually assault people. Cheryl, Don't rape. Cheryl survived, though. Good um, for her. And because it was only because this time neighbors did hear screams and sounds that came from her apartment, and yeah. they, they came over, knocking on, banging on her door, and making right. a fuss. Right. Um, did he run away, or did they catch him? No, he ran away. She was, however, um, rendered deaf, and oh, the man. equilibrium damage caused by her deafness uh-huh. ended her dance career. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. On the bed, police found semen, the log, and a, a, log. a pantyhose mask uh-huh. containing two hairs, quote, similar to Bundy's in class and characteristic. So that is what happened at the FSU campus on January 15th. And I'm going to continue on from there because Bundy's time in Florida is not over. Got it. So although not the focus of our investigation today, uh, what happened after that was even more haunting. Whoa. So nearly three weeks, after nearly three weeks of staying Mm -hmm. in Tallahassee undetected, Mm -hmm. on February 8th, Bundy stole a university van and drove 150 miles east to Jacksonville. He approaches 14-year-old Leslie Parmenter in a parking lot. 14. identifying himself as Richard Burton Fire Department, but retreated when her older brother arrives and confronts him. Richard Burton? 
Yeah. Like the actor? I mean, I don't know why he would choose that name. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the older brother arrives. He says, what the fuck's going on, man? Yeah. So he um, gets back in his van and drives away. But Damn. this was sort of the beginning of the end for, for old Teddy Boy because uh-huh. this girl, this 14-year-old, Leslie, was the daughter of the Jacksonville Police Department's chief of, chief uh, of detectives. Oh, now you fucked up. So he hightails it out of there. Yeah. Backtracks 60 miles back westward to Lake City, which is kind of in the middle of Jacksonville and Tallahassee. You got me thinking like, damn, what if all the rest of the girls had older brothers? Apparently older brother just Teddy runs away. I know. So like, fuck, if they all all just had older brothers hanging around. The older brothers are like the, what what were they in the New York City subways? The angel guard? Oh, the guardian angels. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. We just got to get the older brothers outfitted in leather leather first. Yeah, that's right. Give them, give them some brass knuckles, some leather, red beret. Yeah, have yeah. to. Have yeah. To. Um, so sometime that day, now in Lake City. Or maybe Ted was just like, he saw like a young boy, like an attractive young boy, and he was like, ew, and ran away. <laughs> I want to say that too. I only like girls. I mean, you're the one who said that Leslie's older brother was attractive. I mean, I, sources well, do not indicate. Well, he had to have been attractive. He's a hero. <laughs> yeah, he is a hero. I'm attracted to him. Yeah, you're right. I'd kiss that guy. <laughs> okay. I'd suck his dick. No, you So wouldn't. what? Yeah, I would. No, you wouldn't. Bring him here. You think he's over 18? Get him. Yeah, if he's over 18, <laughs> I'll suck his dick. <laughs> okay. Um, sometime I'll that make day... you all have eye contact with you the whole time. <laughs> no. I'm doing this to prove to you. <laughs> Nathan, stop it. Take <laughs> stop. that 18-year-old's boy's... Fucking dick out of your mouth and just listen to the Kai Omega murders. If he's an 18-year-old, he's a man. Whatever. <laughs> so Bundy stumbles no, on Lake City Junior that. High School student, mm-hmm. 12-year-old Kimberly Diane Leach. Kimberly Leach. He kidnaps her, rapes her, God damn and slits her throat with a knife. Fucker. This is Asshole. a 12-year-old. 12-year-old? Did you not hear me say that? No, I didn't. Her remains were later found in a pig farrowing shed near the Suwannee River State Park. Never trust a pig farmer. I know. When I saw that, I was like, oh my God, my theory. That's a rule. Don't trust a pig farmer. Jesus Christ, dude. Ted, you fucking demon. So a 12-year-old girl? Yeah. (sighs) So on February 12th, with no cash and mounting paranoia, Bundy stole another car and started off across the Florida panhandle toward Alabama. Three days later, at around 1 a.m., he was stopped by Pensacola police officer David Lee near the Alabama state line after a wants and warrants check showed that his Volkswagen Beetle was stolen. Yep. When placed under arrest for the stolen vehicle, Bundy kicked Lee's legs out from under him and made a mad dash for it. Wow. Lee fired two warning shots in Bundy's direction, which didn't strike Bundy, but Lee caught up to him anyway and tackled him to the ground. Wow. Bundy and Officer Lee struggled over Lee's gun before the officer wore him out and finally got Bundy into handcuffs. That guy's a hero. Yeah. Yeah. In the stolen vehicle, there were three sets of IDs belonging to female FSU students... 21 stolen credit cards and a stolen television set. Also wow. found were a pair of dark-rimmed non-prescription glasses and a pair of plaid slacks later identified as the disguise worn by Richard Burton Fire Department in Jacksonville. Oh my god, his disguise is so low effort. He just put some glasses. 
He does <laughs> with the the glasses with the little nose and the mustache attached to them, the like Mr. Potato Head. Not thing. even that, just glasses. If I just put on glasses, they won't know. He did who the I Superman. Am. He did the Clark Kent. Yes. So Lee was he transported his subject to jail mm-hmm. the whole time, unaware that he had just arrested one of the FBI's ten most wanted fugitives. Yeah, of course. Like one he of the most prolific him serial for killers. The stolen in, vehicle. Yeah. And for running away and trying to get his gun. Yeah, that too. So amazing. And and Bundy had extreme disdain for law enforcement, even though he was very much a Republican. He was anti war, <laughs> anti union, like mm-hmm. pro Nixon, like but he hated law enforcement. What a prick. And so it's just funny to me that in average fucking i mean not i was gonna say an average fucking cop obviously he's not he did a great uh-huh. job yeah, yeah but just some fucking cop in the panhandle of florida panhandle florida yeah, yeah. like just ha- fucking just ended it for him tackled yeah. him to the ground and fucking that was it you're done just some fucking lowly like beat cop just exactly gets you. that's he, it that rocks and it's also like you can tell he had done so much shit and gotten away with so much stuff that he, of course, he had disdain for law enforcement. He's like, these guys are fucking morons. He yeah. had disdain for everybody. He was just walking around like, hey, come here. You know, and it worked most of the time. Yeah. Except for when the hot older brother comes in. Hot older mm-hmm. brother with a big dick comes in. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Swinging it around. You can't touch my sister. Only I can. <laughs> exactly. Um. So th- here's a little background on Bundy. He would never. So now I'm going to give you a little background on Bundy himself. And I'm going to start with a little clip of Bundy talking to an investigator that was on the Netflix um, Ted Bundy tapes documentary series. I'm afraid I was somewhat of a champ being frog catcher. I mean, I was, I was a frog man. I did myself on my ability to spot that pair of bulging eyes, which were bobbed just above the surface of a murky pond. Isn't that just about the creepiest That's thing you've ever heard? Terrifying. His like his voice sounds like I don't know how to describe it really. It's just like he sounds detached, like there's not a person speaking. He's like he's got that weird slow rhythm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of monotone too. He prided himself on, f- he's a frog man, huh? He's a frog man. He's a frog man. I, I fashioned myself sort of as a frog man. <laughs> what? crazy. I mean. To spot listen, a pair of bulging eyes. I used to go catch frogs too. I love doing that. Um, but like when I would speak about it, like I would speak about it with a little bit of excitement and like, like sense of fun and like joy. He's like, I used to pride myself on seeing the bulging eyes above the murky water. Ew. Yeah, it's ah. weird, right? Yeah, terrible, terrible. So Ted Bundy was born Theodore Robert Cowell on November 24th, 1946. Cowell? Mm-hmm. Mm. C-O-W-E-L-L in Burlington, Vermont. Gotcha. Which brings me to a fun little area of exploration. I got a little carried away on this tangent, but I'm excited about it. Go ahead. Nathan. Yes. Which state has produced the most serial killers? Okay. I think it's Ohio. Okay. Uh, I can keep guessing. Mm-hmm. Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wisconsin. New York. 
No to all of those. Really? No shit? None of those are on the list. Okay, give me the list. Number one, Alaska. Okay, yeah. Alaska's weird. It's cold. It's gray a lot. It's scary. You're isolated. Um, <laughs> and there's not like big cities or like communities there. It's just like a bunch of like, I think they literally pay you $1,000 a month to live in Alaska. So, like, there, there's a bunch of fucking, like, people who are like, I fucking hate people. I'm going to go live in the woods in Alaska. Yeah. So, wow. uh, proportional to its population, yeah, Alaska, yeah, without a doubt, most popular state among serial oh, killers. Oh, wow. They got cabin fever up there. With 15.65 serial killings per 1 million hab- inhabitants. Jesus. So a total of 51 serial murders uh-huh. took place in Alaska between 1900 and 2014. Wow. With more than half of those occurring between 1980 and 1990. Holy crap. So like you said, extended winter nights. Um, that has a profound psychological impact on people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know depression and seasonal affective disorder um yes the cover of darkness that sort of short days and long nights provides Uh also for someone who's literally hunting women probably exactly um the sort of extreme nature up there yeah wow yeah the size the isolation the wilderness there's a town in alaska a whole town that's literally just one building and that they just all live together in this big building Whoa. It's called Whittier, Whittier, Alaska. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. And it's only accessible by a tunnel that goes under a mountain. And they close off the tunnel, like when the Whoa. weather gets bad or like, you know, during certain seasons. So you're just in this fucking building. Is everyone like related to each other or what? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you'd think, wouldn't you? After like a few decades of isolation in there, everybody's fucking each other. They're all yeah. each other's cousins. I would assume so. Ugh. So experts also highlight the nature of the workforce (laughs) Mm -hmm. as another important factor in Alaska. Rough people, crab people. (laughs) Yeah. Oil people. Logging, construction, oil Uh industries that they, you know, drive Alaska's economy, but they're seasonal workers most of the time. Transient. Exactly. Roughnecks. Large male population. Mm -hmm. It also contributes to the seasonal workers and the large male population also contributes to a high number of sex workers in the state. Ah, of course. And like you mentioned, serial uh-huh. killers often target sex workers, yeah. you know, in Alaska and elsewhere. And there's like large native populations up there. So there's like oh, yeah. Inuits and stuff and like... And like no one cares Mi'kmaq what happens to them. So just fucking, you could just kill, honestly, like... Basically, yeah. Basically, you could just kill them and no one will say anything. No, that's, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Man, do people turn a blind eye. (laughs) Fucking A. Okay, what's number Um, two? Nevada. Nevada. Has the second highest rate of serial killings in the United States. Okay, also kind of a wild crowd down there. Reno, Vegas. Yep, yep. High numbers of tourists, Mm -hmm. too. Um, Again, transient. Exactly. Desperate individuals down on their luck, you know? (laughs) Kind of like that. And again, lots of sex workers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Number three. Drum roll, please, Nathan. What is it? Florida. Duh. Fucking duh. Yes. Florida actually does seem to attract serial killers with a rate of 10 serial murders per million inhabitants. Damn. The total number of serial murders committed in the state is 778 with 247 of those murders, again, taking place between 1980 and 1990. Wow. Yeah. Do you know that, um, I learned this recently that, um, in the like, I think it was the 70s or something like that. Um, 
70s to 80s, uh, when they started taking lead out of oil, um, the crime rate nationally dropped like by like 50% or Whoa, something like that. what the fuck? Apparently, like ambient amounts of lead in just in people's like lives uh, made them crazy, <laughs> made them more violent what the fuck? and impulsive. How crazy is that? And it's not a conspiracy theory? Not a conspiracy theory at all. Not like my fluoride thing where fluoride is like dulling the masses. Dude, are you really a fluoride conspiracist? I might be. <laughs> I'm riding that line, baby. You you really got to be you got to be careful. You're attracted to conspiracy <laughs> I theories. Am. One of these days I'm going to have like a hollow earth kind of moment with you. You're going to have a you're going to be fucking flat earthing out on me it's kind of fun you know i wonder if it sort of replaces religion for me because it's like these fantastical little stories about how like you know stuff that not everyone else knows that explains how the world works yes yeah totally yeah yeah it makes sense to me so i'm gonna read you from this fucking watch it with that (laughs) okay you'd be a cute yeah i can't have you being a cute mom i could be whatever kind of mom i want true Okay, quote, it's not clear exactly why Florida is such an active state for serial murderers. I was going to say the vitamin D down there. You would have thought that that would have like chilled everyone out. Alaska and Nevada, Uh Florida is an extremely violent state in general (laughs) with 5.8 murders per 100,000 reported by the FBI in 2014. Wiling out down there. Yeah, wiling out. Mm -hmm. Number four is California. Okay, I can yeah. see it. Again, I, you would have thought that the vitamin D would have everyone chilled out. I thought that the murder, like the serial killer capital, were all these places up north where you're not getting enough sunlight, you know? Yeah, only the first one was. And yeah. then we got three fucking sunbelt states. Seriously, maybe Nevada, it's the heat Florida, driving everyone California. crazy. Yeah, Or like people move there. I wonder if it's like, not so like in Alaska, it's like, well, Alaska's weird. So let's just say Wisconsin. Yeah. Most people are born in a town where their family knows everyone in the yeah, town. Yeah, and they stay And there. they stay in the town. You yeah. can't really get away with murders like that. Right, like, everyone would know who you are. But if you go to a place where everyone has come from somewhere else, Great like point. Nevada, California, and Florida, mm-hmm. then you have victims that are away from their families that are probably like working outside the home. So yeah. you get the opportunity to kidnap them great point and not everyone knows you and not everyone knows them either yeah exactly so it's the thing that's been shared through all these states is sort of the transient nature of the people who are there yeah interesting Mm -hmm. and like you said nobody almost nobody grows up in florida yeah people move to florida yeah fascinating so i also wanted to just touch on quickly the fact that bundy is a sagittarius okay (laughs) and i want you to guess okay conspiracies astrology you gotta fucking you gotta <laughs> you gotta it's rein yourself shit. in it is girl shit that's true okay so what do you think are the most common zodiac signs of serial killers this I, is for everyone everyone listening and nathan you know answer pretend this is dora the explorer you can answer in your car at the gym swipe or no swiping listen i bundy no killing <laughs> But it, yeah, Teddy, no raping. Yeah. <laughs> Shout that at your screen. Teddy, no raping. Um, so I don't know anything about astrology because it's fake. So okay. You're so annoying. Um, <laughs> such a killjoy. Don't listen to him. Listen to me. Listen to my voice. Four signs. Uh-huh. Cancer, Pisces, Sagittarius, and Scorpio account for almost 40% of serial killers. For context, Gemini and Taurus combined 
only account for 11%. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why Bundy is a classic Sagittarius killer. Because a prison guard once asked him why he did it. Uh-huh. And this is recorded. He was silent and he just said, I liked it. Ugh. Yeah. What a lizard. Yeah. You know, oh you know Sagittarius, God. they're just sort of like living for the moment, sort of about Is that. that right? sen- yeah, they're about sensation, pleasure, like mm-hmm. adventure. So it makes sense that if a Sagittarius is a killer, they're doing it because they like it. Yeah. They like how it feels. They like the thrill. <laughs> so it's um, not for necessity. No. I'm a Sagittarius. I know. So if you were a killer, you'd kill because it was fun. I'm more of a vegetarian. No. Ethan. <laughs> so. Um okay, here's uh, all right. So I already said astrology's fake. Mm-hmm. Um and it's girl shit. But here's what I have always said might lend it a little bit of credence is okay. The amount of sunlight that you're exposed to like per day right after you're born like whatever month you're born in sort of affects how much sun exposure you're getting. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that the four ones that you listed off, I think are all during the fall, winter, and early spring, right? Except for cancer. So you'd be correct about Scorpio, Sagittarius, and Pisces are okay. all born during dark months. Okay. All right. Well, so that's that's what I was saying. Okay. Maybe you could assign personality traits to certain like birth months or whatever based on how much light... You know, you could generalize these guys are more angry because they didn't get enough sunlight as a baby. But the thing is, it's fucking bullshit because even I, I thought I was so clever the first time I thought of that. But then I went, well, oh, what about South America? It's just fucking upside down then. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're right. This is so like, this is so America brain. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just America-centric Exactly, exactly. So, okay, but here's some other facts. Mm -hmm. Killers born in the sign of Capricorn accounted more victim totals on average. They're more prolific. More prolific, yes. And I'd say that's because Capricorn is an earth sign. They're very hardworking. They're very, very like, um, fastidious. Cap that ass, Ricorn. Yeah. Yeah. What? Pop a cap in that ass, Ricorn? No. No? Mm Mm-mm. (laughs) <laughs> you um, don't like that one? No, no. Uh, the lowest average, mm-hmm. so it was Virgos. So if a Virgo is a killer, mm-hmm. he has the lowest average of kills. Got it. So the Chad Capricorn versus the Virgin Virgo. I guess you could say Got that. Got it. Nice. The water signs, Cancer, Pisces, and Scorpio, mm-hmm. accounted for the highest number of killers and victims. So wait, wait let me let me highlight this. We have the highest number of killers and victims. Are Isn't both, that weird? They share signs. Yeah. They're okay. So they're they're water sign. What what is a yeah. water sign exactly? Emotional. All right. Stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if they're if they're emotional and stuff, then the the killers wanted to do it more, and they sniffed out the the victims that would be would the be most more fun. Afraid. Is that <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Ooh, that's terrible. I mean, like most people who follow astrology would have probably shouted out Scorpio as being at the top of the list of most common signs of serial killers. Now that's me. Now why would they do that? I mean, okay, I don't think this is me, Mm -hmm. but the sign has a reputation for being like 
jealous, manipulative, mm. violent, emotional, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Pisces is also sort of like lets their emotions run out of control. And Cancer, they're like the little babies, like little fucking house babies. They're like, house babies. <laughs> they're like they have like victim complexes, you know, okay. like those kind okay. of people. Yeah. And um, that's why I think those four signs have the most serial killers. Damn. Yeah. Nice. So back to Bundy here. So Ted was born in a home for unwed mothers to a 22-year-old named Eleanor Cowell. His Mm. father's identity has never been known or confirmed. There are a few guesses, two U.S. Air Force veterans or potentially um, Eleanor's own father, Ted's grandfather, Samuel Cowell. Wow. Not off to a great start. Not off to a good start. So after her stint in the unwed mother's home, Eleanor sought refuge at her parents' house in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. They raised Ted as their own due to the huge stigma placed on unwed mothers at the time, which would be 1946. Damn. So young Ted grew up believing Mm -hmm. that his grandparents were his parents and that his mother was his older sister. Bundy eventually discovered the truth when his cousin called him a bastard and showed him his birth certificate. Oh, yeah. What a fucked up cousin. Jesus. Fuck that cousin. Um, Bundy expressed lifelong resentment towards his mother for never talking to him about his real father Mm -hmm. and for leaving him to discover his own patronage himself, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is really where I believe Bundy's true and deep hatred for women sort of took root. With his mom? Yeah. For lying to him? Yeah. 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 Um, So it's not like Bundy had a particularly normal childhood or was like a normal youngster, though, even even before he learned that his mother was a liar. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Eleanor. Um, Seriously. So his Aunt Julia spoke about waking up from a nap to find herself surrounded by knives from the kitchen and three-year-old Ted... Standing at the foot of her bed, smiling, watching oh her sleep. Oh my God. So he was already a little demon. Yeah. He already had the personality cocktail. Mm-hmm. And then his he found out his entire life had been a lie. Yeah. Wow. So Bundy spoke warmly about his grandparents, who he believed he, were his parents. But yeah. other family members do recall that Samuel was a tyrannical bully who hated blacks, Italians, Catholics, and Jews. He (laughs) beat his wife. He beat the family dog. And he routinely swung neighborhood cats by their tails. I don't know. Sounds like a cool guy to me. (laughs) Honestly, it sounds like a good time. Uh, It's it's likely that Samuel beat Ted as well, but Ted never said that to be true. I just can't imagine that he wouldn't. Yeah, it kind of sounds like that would be the first thing he would beat. Right. His son's face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Samuel also occasionally Grandson. spoke aloud to unseen presences. Okay. Can you imagine picking up a cat by the tail Absolutely. and just swinging it around? <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a funny noise. <laughs> and then just letting go. And they're just, just in the air. Launching it. Oh, yeah. that's fucked. That's so fucked up. That's it's good, so clean, sick. good, clean family fun. <laughs> no. They People used to do shit like that back in the day. <laughs> country people too my my fucking grandpa would always tell stories my dad's dad the one side that we kind of like don't really get along with um but he would tell stories about like they just pick up snakes and just put them in each other's car you know what i mean what he once took a beehive down off of a tree and like threw it into somebody's pickup truck like what the fuck yeah they were doing crazy shit back then 
Crazy. Yikes. Yeah. Thank God for TV and cell phones, you know? <laughs> really, though? I mean, yeah, when people were bored all the time, the pranks they would pull are fucking insane. Diabolical. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Samuel would also fly into a violent rage when asked questions of Bundy's paternity. Mm. So that's maybe where that theory gains a little credence. Got it. So somebody was like, so who's the kid's dad, really? He'd be like, ah, not me! Pick Basically. up a cat, throw it at their face. Yeah. yeah. So Ted was when Ted was four, his mother changed her name and moved them both away from Philadelphia to Tacoma, Washington, where mm. she had some cousins. Uh, she met a man named Johnny Bundy at a Tacoma local singles event. Hey. <laughs> they fell in love. Dating. Nice. They married, and Johnny adopted Ted. Cool. Um, the couple would go on to have four children together. Ted never took to Johnny, although the home environment was said to be very normal, very mm-hmm. wholesome. Totally. A close-knit, middle-class family. They were active in the Methodist church. They volunteered, mm-hmm. um, although he did get sent to church camps and Boy Scout outings. You know, the rapiest <laughs> what are of you getaways. Implying? <laughs> so, I don't know. Boy Scout, listen. The Boy Scouts are really weird. I was in the Boy Scouts. It's a weird dynamic. I was in, they start you off young. The first little book they gave you about how to be a good boy um, tells you that, oh God, the language that they use is so cringeworthy. They say every pack has an akela. It was like, (laughs) I still remember this. It's like Native American language and stuff like that. You know, faux Native American language they had like lifted. But basically they were like, your troop leader, the random guy assigned to be the random in of guy you. wearing short pleated shorts, pleated shorts, long what? socks, loves How do you hanging out with a man boys. Like that? Yeah, um, cute little outfits. Mm-hmm. It's fucking weird. But basically, they start you off and they go, "You got to listen to him. Do you have to do what he says because he's in charge of you?" And so like weird. that's the so foundational building block of everything else they they tell you. So this guy is like, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me uh-huh. I get to wear a cute little outfit. Yeah. And then I get to be in charge of uh-huh. a group of 15 little boys. That's exactly right. That have to do whatever I say. That's absolutely correct. Sign that man up. That man wants that to man, do this. Perfect candidate. Yeah. Also, church camp. Same thing. You're gonna get you're gonna get touched at church camp. You have to be. Um, so hopefully it's by some kid your age and not you know. That would be truly wholesome. The deacon. <laughs> so accounts of Bundy's social life vary. This is kind of a hard thing to research. Mm. Um, the, and this is where the Bundy lore kind of comes in. Right. So people seem to want to paint his boyhood in one of two ways. Mm-hmm. One is to like weave. Um, this narrative that he was charming, well-liked, handsome, athletic, That's smart, what I always heard excelled about. In, you, yeah. you heard that one? Yeah, yeah. Excelled in school and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Bundy himself referred to himself as, quote, one of the boys. Um, and on the flip side, mm-hmm. there also is a narrative about Ted being odd and not like other kids and like strange, almost... A almost, frog man. Almost a social outcast. Yeah, yeah. a frog man. <laughs> the younger sister of his childhood friend... Um, classmate and neighbor remembered him this way. And this Mm -hmm. is from the Netflix documentary, the Ted Bundy tapes quote. He was just different. 
he had a horrible speech impediment, so he was teased a lot. He just didn't fit in. Even up at Boy Scout camp, he just couldn't quite get a hang of what the other boys were doing. Couldn't tie the knots right. Couldn't shoot the gun right. Couldn't win the races. And he had a temper. He liked to scare people. In high school, he wanted to be something he wasn't. He wanted to be class president. He was going to show the world that Ted was going to be going to be someone to be dealt with. A lot of blowhard talk. He tried to fool you and lie to you. He wasn't athletic. He wanted to be number one in class, but he wasn't. So he was just more and more alone. No one really got close to Ted. I can't remember anyone ever dating Ted, which I thought was really horrible. Ted was a really good looking guy. So that sounds a lot more like it, doesn't it? It really sounds accurate. That really fits the profile. And here's the thing. She tied it up all at the, so nicely at the very end. It's his looks. It's his looks. He got away with shit because of the way he looked. If he looked like a fucking ugly creep, then he probably wouldn't have gotten away with any of the shit that he got away with. He was handsome. I really he wasn't think special. He was no, handsome. I really think that's what it boils down to. Yeah. I think like how to get away with murder 101. One. Be hot. Be hot. Be handsome. Absolutely. There's no number two. That's really all it that's is. That's it. How to get away with anything, basically. Yeah. Be handsome. Have people want to fuck you. And I think that when people see him, mm-hmm. they imagine this life that he must have had in school and, you know, that he must have been popular. Right. Based dated, on his looks. Yeah, exactly. Dated girls, done well in school. He must have been athletic. And it's like, yeah. no, actually, he was... He wasn't like school shooter outcast. No. But it's because he tried. Yeah. And he tried, but he could never get there. He never quite fit in. He never quite was good enough. And obviously he had an inflated sense of ego. Yeah. He wanted to be the best of the best of the best. And he just wasn't. He was too much of a frog man. He was way too much of a frog man. He was more at home with the froggies. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, like like you said, I just think his life was probably somewhere in the middle. And yeah. I think that woman summed it up really, really well. Totally, totally. Um, I think it's easy to write Ted as this wickedly dysfunctional, like unlikable outcast. And I think people do that to make themselves feel comfortable because it's like you'd be able to spot the psychopath serial murderer yeah, in the right, making, right, right? right? If he was this weird, scary kid. Uh-huh. Um, and then the other theory is to be sensational, I think. It's yeah. just like... You know, um, he was perfect. He was popular. He was right. at, he was fucking prom king. And oh my God, he was a murderer the whole time. Like right, I think that's totally. just sort of to sell headlines. Yes. Um, and the reality is that he was just pretty mediocre at some things. And had and really thought highly of himself. And really thought highly of himself. Yeah. 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 Classmates from Woodrow Wilson High School, however, told uh, Anne Rule, who wrote mm-hmm. the kind of definitive go-to biography of Ted Bundy, yeah. that he was, quote, well-known and well-liked there, yeah. um, and that he was a medium-sized fish in a large pond. Sure, there you go. And that he was not a loser, but not really an exceptional kid yeah. either. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it was that mediocreness that really bothered Ted. Yeah. Um, and totally. he, he told biographers that he, quote, chose to be alone as an adolescent because, now this is interesting, mm-hmm. he was unable to understand interpersonal relationships. 
Ding, ding, ding. He claimed that he had no natural sense of how to develop friendships. Quote, I didn't know what made people want to be friends. I didn't know what underlay social interactions. Yeah. The uh, the iPhone like alarm sound, the like klaxon is going off in my head. Yep. Yeah. Red flag. I mean, this this idea that you don't know why a friendship would occur. Like you're <laughs> yeah. not you don't know what underlays social interaction. Why do people choose to be friends with one another? Right. What Which, would make someone want to be a friend? You're giving up the ghost because is that a phrase? Giving up the ghost? I think it's giving up the You're goat. You're giving up the game? Giving up the goat. Yeah, I thought it was goat. He gave up the goat. <laughs> right there. All right, whatever. whatever well, we is. don't know what the fuck Someone this phrase is. Someone gave something up that starts with a G. Exactly. That's um, it. He, he just admitted that he takes no pleasure in other people. Yeah. Like other, other people's company, like being with them... Uh, you know, spending time does not give him any pleasure, which is, of course, that's the foundation of friendships is that it's fun to be around people. Duh. <laughs> like the fact that he didn't understand that just made, it just makes total sense because it means that he doesn't like anybody. Mm-mm. He cannot connect with anybody. Mm-mm. And so like, why would you be a friend or like, how do people make friendships? Didn't make any fucking sense to him. So Bundy was regarded as charismatic and considered to be handsome Traits mm-hmm. that he would exploit to win the trust of his victims and society as a whole. Right. Um, he would typically approach his victims in public places, mm-hmm. either feigning a physical impairment, such as an injury, uh, or impersonating an authority figure. So that was th- those were his two MOs. Wow, yeah. One is um, he would often walk around like a beach or a park in a, in a sling, his arm in a sling, yeah. or uh, a, like on crutches. Yeah. And he would be fumbling with books or yeah, he yeah, would yeah. be fumbling with some sort of like case, suitcase, something. Wow. And basically ask young girls if they, sometimes they would ask him if they could help right. him. Right. But in the cases that they didn't, he would say like, would you mind terribly like taking this to my car for me? I, yeah. I'm so, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm, I have a broken arm. I can't. Lifted and a lot of times they would say yes and they would get to the car and then he would put them in the car. Yeah, Yeah, with a blunt force object. Or he would impersonate an authority figure, mostly police officers. Yeah. And he would say, you know, there's been um, basically someone broke into your car. You need to come to the parking lot with me or any number of things like that. Oh, God. Secondary location. Mm -hmm. Never go to a second location. Kelsey Ann taught me this. Yeah, and this yeah. this this was his MO. Not only would he bring his victims to a second location that would most likely be his car, mm-hmm. but when he killed them, he would t- take their bodies to a second location where he would then like do a bunch of stuff and then return, keep returning to where he knew their bodies were Ugh. to do stuff. Ugh. Creepy. So here's what I have to say about that. It's really interesting that he he admitted that he had no idea like what is going on with other people. Like he has no sense of connection to or comradeship with or or affinity for other people at all. And he doesn't understand friendship or pleasant interactions. Mm-hmm. But he demonstrates an intuitive understanding of like women's emotional landscape. Mm-hmm. He appealed to the two like primary impulses that would like make them vulnerable, like the the mothering impulse. You know, the idea, yeah, to help or the like 
daddy impulse. Yep. Basically, you're to in be, trouble. You're in trouble with authority. Mm-hmm. So he understood those two impulses intuitively like an insect. I know. Like a fucking wasp knows how to lay its eggs inside of a caterpillar. You know what I mean? Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. He doesn't know why he knows it. He just knows that he can use these tools. Ugh, oh, that's, that's horrible. Bad. Yeah. So like I said, he would he would typically bludgeon. He was a bludgeoner. So like with a crowbar or yeah, yeah. with any sort of blunt object. A log. Yeah. To make them unconscious, not necessarily to kill them because mm-hmm. then oftentimes he would strangle them. Yeah. And then he would do sexual stuff with them. Disgusting. He would take the bodies, like I said, to like a third location. Um, and then he would revisit the victims, grooming them and performing sexual acts with the corpses until decomposition and destruction by wild animals made any further interaction impossible later years later bundy described his post-mortem rituals with the corpses including hair shampooing and application of makeup and he decapitated at least 12 of his victims and kept their severed heads as mementos in his apartment oh my god dude yeah Holy shit. I had never heard the grooming. That's the so washing sick. Washing their hair and putting makeup on them. So sick. What the fuck is that? I mean. And putting their heads in the freezer and shit. Yeah. Well, so, he was a saver. He was frugal. <laughs> he was frugal. Um, so I'm not going to dwell <laughs> too long a, on. It's, I got a perfectly good one right there. Gotta keep it. Keep it in the freezer. Dude. Save it. That's like the Girl Scout cookie thing. Girl Scouts will always get you to buy two boxes because they'll be like, you can freeze it. That's like the line. <laughs> they, they all know how to say, well, you can freeze them. They taste great from oh the freezer. God, and you know what? Dude. They're right. Yeah. They freeze they're right. really well. He, what a disgusting nightmare. What a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I've got no words. Yeah. I can yeah. only like make shitty jokes and laugh because it's, that's a fucking nightmare yeah that's horrible um the only good thing i can think of is that like a lot like not all the time but some of the times the girls would be dead before they would be raped and stuff and Mm. honestly like at that point i would just rather be dead like i don't want to be raped and tortured like the torture aspect at least it wasn't like horrible not at least like fuck this guy yeah but just like I just hope more of them than not were already dead. Yeah, That's me all too. I'm saying. Me too. Because come on, man. Nobody needs that. Yeah. There are things worth, worse than death. Yes. For sure. Um, so I'm not going to dwell too long on Bundy anymore, but I'm like just going to hit the highlights. Sorry. <laughs> no. I'm <laughs> no. just going to hit sort of the highlights here. So yeah. he wanted to be a lawyer and politician. Mm-hmm. Check Sounds mark, right? about right. Sounds right. Yep, yep. In 1965, he attended the University of Puget Sound for one year before transferring to the University of Washington cool. to study Chinese, which I found slightly confusing. All right. Interesting. Okay. So it is there that he gets in uh, involved with his first girlfriend in 1967 at age 21. Uh-huh. They fall in love. He drops out of college in 1968 and bounces around a few minimum wage jobs. Okay. His girlfriend, who by all accounts was like very pretty, very well dressed, came from um, a wealthy family in California. Um, so was like very, um, just was like 
bred well. Is that what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, just like knew how to do everything, uh-huh. like knew how to do sports. Like she had a nice car. Like she had like manners and social situations. Right, right. Like she knew how to like make witty jokes. Like she was sort of like a society girl. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Ted was none of those things, right? Yeah, Ted wanted to be that stuff. Wanted to be it so badly. And it makes sense that his first girlfriend, you know, had all checked all these boxes and mm-hmm. came from a wealthy family. He really idolized wealth yeah. and wanted it for himself very, very badly. Right. Wanted to fit in with those people. Totally. Um, so he dropped out of college a year later and kind of bounced around some like dead-end jobs. His girlfriend then breaks up with him after a year because she thinks he is immature and lacks ambition. Um, <laughs> Little did she know how ambitious he really was. Yeah. Um, this is this is interesting. You're reminding me earlier in the episode you said that he was a Republican. He wound up like being a conservative. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's interesting. I wonder what the political affiliations of serial killers generally are. Very I wonder how they split. Yeah. I wonder is it fifty fifty or like who knows? Someone should send us that. If anyone researches that or knows that off the top of their head, you should send it to us. Yeah. Talk on to Instagram us. at Floridawoman.pot. Okay. Yep. So he also volunteered at the Seattle office of Nelson Rockefeller's presidential campaign. Like I said, he was very active in Republican politics. Yep. He, quote, idolized wealth. wasn't too fond of criminal conduct <laughs> and was anti-union, anti-war movement, anti-anti-war movement. Sorry. Pro-war. Pro, pro-war. Yeah. yeah. Pro-Vietnam War. This guy was a fan of death and destruction. But not criminal conduct. Not criminal conduct. Yeah, no. that's right. That's right. Um, so it's at this major Republican conference in Miami that he goes to in uh-huh. 1969 that Ted gets laid for the first time. Oh. At 23 years old. Wow. I just... That's kind of like yeah, I find that odd, especially, especially for a good-looking kid back in the day, and especially for a good-looking man. I it think confuses me. Yeah, it's. I mean, he sounds like a fucking incel, doesn't he? He sounds he does. like a goddamn like those guys on the internet who like have forums about how if your skull is one centimeter too large, then you'll never have sex in your life. Like those guys, ironically, they all have such a huge sense of like self worth. Like, they think they are worth so much more than they actually are. And that's what's keeping them from getting laid, frankly. That sounds like Bundy. Yeah, exactly. It also makes me think that he may have had a mommy whore complex. Because Dude. he did not have sex with his first girlfriend from college. That he that They were, by her accounts and by his accounts, very much in love. Yeah, They totally. didn't have sex, you know? Interesting. Um, yeah. Because she's the mommy. She's the untouchable, perfect. All girls are either whores or my mommy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I think he really thought that. Whores so he get to, to get killed later. and fucked. Yeah. Uh, but mo- mommies are special angels that never should be touched because mm-hmm. if you have sex with a mommy, then she becomes a whore. Um, yeah. But you can't like marry a whore and turn her into a mommy. She'll never be a mommy. She'll right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Unbelievable. I swear to God, I feel like a lot of guys think that way. Yeah, I think it's. It's more widespread so, than we realize. So awful. Yeah. It's such a, I mean, such it's such a juvenile little mental game yes, that they exactly, play. Exactly, exactly. Like Tony Soprano. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of New Jersey, so it's around this time, 23, the first time he gets laid and he's out of college and his girlfriend broke up with him, mm-hmm. that he starts kidnapping young women in Atlantic City. Kelsey for some reason, when she said the word kidnapping, did air quotes. With her fingers? <laughs> I'm not sure why. Well, I guess I was trying to communicate. Um, he probably 
he probably killed them and dumped their bodies. They were probably oh, sex sure. workers. So to, but all we know is that he's told us we've never found any evidence. Kidnapping. But he said that during that time he was out trolling in Atlantic City in his car, kidnapping Good women. Good lord! But what that exactly means, Tossing I don't know. Tossing them in the ocean. Yeah, because what would that be? Kidnapping them, putting them in the car, and then what? Like, saying, that's why I'm saying kidnapping. Psych, gotcha. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Kidnapping and what, Ted? Yeah. So playing tag. Then uh-uh, he does so. a semester at Temple University. Uh-huh. Then he drops out of that. He moves back to Washington. Begins dating a single mother who alleges later that uh, she was suspicious of Ted's conduct with her three-year-old daughter. Uh, of course. That he would touch her inappropriately designed as, quote, games. Ugh. So gross. Pedophile. That, necrophiliac. Yeah. Pervert. That um, relationship was a really major one in his life as well. Yeah. Um, and lasted many, many years. So we'll talk about her later. <sighs> Shit. Um, he re-enrolled at UW and yeah. finished in 1971 when he took a job at Seattle's Suicide Hotline Crisis Center. Oh, this is terrible. Yeah. Oh, that's f- so fucked up. And I believe that's where he met Ann Rule. She also worked. She was a either studying to be a law enforcement officer or something. Like she was a detective. I yeah, think. yeah. Um, oh she God. also worked at the Suicide Hotline Crisis Center in Seattle, Dude. and they became they hit it off. office friends. Yeah. yeah, he would walk her to like her Jim car every night. <laughs> oh fuck! Oh Which my is God, crazy. that is crazy. You know. Um, he was on the line just like eh, you know what honestly it kind of sounds like a good idea maybe you should think about it you should try it try it why not I know yeah. I, I'll i talk about the suicide hotline a little later too Yeah. Um, so then he applies to a number of law schools remember he really wanted to be a lawyer yeah he wanted to be important and influential yep. and, mm-hmm. Yeah. and he was devastated to learn that his LSATs were utterly mediocre yeah like, of course below average yeah not like a disaster, like zero percent, but like yeah, just or however they score health sets. Pretty which much is not pretty good. much not good. Yeah, um, they weren't good at all, and he longed to be in the upper class, right? So yeah. he wanted his LSATs to give him tweed and polo. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, totally. East Coast Ivy League croquet schools, like, yeah, you know Harvard and Yale and shit. Uh, But with those scores, it would be impossible. So that dream died right there. The only law school that he got himself into was the University of Puget Sound Law School. Remember, he went there for a year as an undergrad. I do remember that. And that's a night school. Oh, boy. This is like, this is exactly like if Hitler had just gotten into art school. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, Well, (laughs) if Bundy had gotten into Harvard Law, he would have been a politician who a Republican politician oh, he who does all this shit? Oh, that's a good point. But he like could have been Hitler. Style. I mean, white collar style. Yeah, he could have been fucking. Yeah, absolutely. He could have been Mitch McConnell. Yeah. He probably would have still been doing this. Yeah, on the side. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know what? Yeah. He's, so it's not like Hitler. Project. Hitler probably would have eased off. Probably fucking <laughs> relaxed. Ted Bundy, I think, would have kicked into overdrive had he been. Had he actually held any power at all? Or it might have satisfied his ego requirements. Yeah. yeah. It seems like his ego is a gaping hole, and I sure wonder does. if he didn't start killing people because 
he felt like a nobody. Yeah. And I think having that amount of power over people, think about the way he does it. He just walks into a sorority and starts bashing people over the head. He probably felt like a god. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only time in his life where he felt like he had any like real power. Yeah. Yeah. But then he dresses them up and like plays like tea party with them after they're dead. This is insane. So he gets into University of Puget Sound. Yes. Then, so he is with the woman, the um, single mother, right? Mm-hmm. And he, we're going to call her Stephanie Brooks. Yeah. Um, her real name may not be known because um, there's a lot of different Bundy literature mm-hmm. that will rename these women. So it's like when you right, look on Wikipedia, it. it's like such and such could be Stephanie Brooks, like yeah. Diane Delhart, like Lisa Kinney. I don't know. Right, like, right, sure. They, they've been different names in different books. Yeah, um, to but protect anyway, their identity. Yeah, right? so yeah. I'm going to call her Stephanie Brooks. Cool. Um, and I'm going to call his first girlfriend Diane. So he's dating Stephanie. He's mm-hmm. in night school, law school at yeah. University of Puget Sound. Right. He starts to communicate with Diane again. Mm-hmm. Um, he rekindles the flame he does not tell her that he's in a relationship. He just pursues her all over again. And, you know, now he's in law school. He, you know, it's a shitty law school, but, and (laughs) he's like affiliated with the Republican party. He's doing like some clerical work for them and like going to conferences. And so like, you know, if you think about the reason she broke up with him, basically he's a deadbeat. Right. Um, He was a college dropout that like lacked ambition according to her. Right. right? Uh Well, now he's starting to look a little bit better. Yeah, totally. You know, if she really did love him, but was just like, I can't be with someone. Somebody who has no ambition. Yeah. Yeah. Then, you know, this may be the exact thing she needs. So they rekindle their romance and um, it gets hot and heavy. And he actually uh, proposes to her. Wow. And she says yes. And then he cuts off communication entirely. No shit. Oh, so he did that just to win. Yes. That was a revenge fantasy. Yes. Holy shit, dude. He's later quoted as saying, I just wanted to prove to myself that I could have married her. Whoa. Holy fucking shit, dude. And Stephanie Brooks didn't know this was going on Of course not. (laughs) Of course not. God, that's creepy. So his... So that happened in 1974. Okay. And so did his first documented murder. Mm. People speculate as to when Bundy did start killing. There are, you know, he could have been killing a little bit earlier in Atlantic City. Uh, I believe Anne Rule thinks that he began killing in his teens. Jesus. So, you know, it's up for debate. But what we do know is Mm -hmm. that this is his first confirmed confessed to murder wow. 1974 yeah when he was 27 years old and it <sighs> happened in washington state and it was uh donna gail manson a 19 year old student at the evergreen state college in olympia mm, yeah um yeah so jesus christ <laughs> this you know started the sort of rampage that we know about Totally. He went on to kill over 30 women and also to work in Olympia as the assistant director of the Seattle Crime Prevention Advisory Commission. Oh my God. Yeah. He's like, well, I would know. Where he wrote a pamphlet for women on how to prevent rape. Do you think that he gave them like 
bad instructions or good instructions? <laughs> I don't know. That's a really good question. Was <laughs> oh he God. saying like, well, since I rape, I do know. And then wrote them like a real list of things I don't to know. prevent themselves from being raped. I would love to get my hands on that. Like to just to read his rules for how to not get raped. Me too. He was chum in the waters, basically. Yeah, gross. Um, so his first arrest actually uh-huh. came in 1975 in Salt Lake when Officer Bob Hayward pulled Bundy over for suspiciously cruising a residential neighborhood in the pre-dawn hours. Sir, you're suspiciously cruising. <laughs> um, he noticed that the Volkswagen's front passenger seat had been removed and was placed on the rear seats. He also Weird. found a ski mask, uh-huh. a second mask fashioned from pantyhose, a crowbar, uh-huh. handcuffs, trash bags, mm, mm-hmm. a coil of rope. Yeah, nothing suspicious. And an ice pick. Yeah, cool. Uh huh. Um, Normal stuff. He was gonna go. You know, the the obviously the face mask is for warmth, and yeah. the crowbar is he's going to uh, he's uh, going to pry open a garage door. That got yeah, it's prying up. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And he just doesn't. He feels embarrassed, so he doesn't want his neighbors to see his face. Right, and, you know, right. he has to break into his own garage. You know, he locked his keys inside of his house. It happens to everybody. Yeah. The ice pick is for ice picking his obviously. teeth. Yeah, ice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, rope is um, in well, case the crowbar doesn't work on the on the garage door. On the garage door. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Trash bags are just good to have. I think everyone should have a few trash bags in their car. Yeah, totally. And then the handcuffs. You know, don't kink shame him. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, guys, listen. Sometimes this happens. We record an episode that has so much goddamn content that we got to split it into two. And that's exactly what we're doing right now. I swear to God, there's another hour and a half of this thing. And you're going to want to listen to every single minute of it. But <laughs> for the sake of being able to have digestible content, this is the first half and it ends right now. The next half is going to be released next Tuesday. And it's going to be its own whole separate episode. It's going to be a part two, okay? So I know you're wanting to hear the rest of this, but just bear with us for a second. Um, and in the meantime, you can tune in on Friday. You can listen to the mini-sode. And I know you're going to want to do that. And you know you're going to want to do that too. So it's all copacetic. Okay, guys. We love you. Goodbye. We'll talk to you soon.